When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yo, 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 War Report family, it's your boy Mike G here with Caesar Walker. We got a special guest for you guys today. Auburn defensive tackle from 2000 to 2003, nine-year NFL veteran Spencer Johnson. Spencer, thanks for joining us today, man. Uh, thanks for having me, man. Glad to be here. So, Spencer, it's it's great to have you on the show today. Um, uh, you, you played during a time at Auburn where we definitely had a different kind of mentality on, on the planes, right? right. Uh, who was your D-line coach? Was it, was it Dunn? Dunn was your yeah, D-line Yeah, it was uh, uh, Don Dunn and, and Terry Price. They kind of they shared responsibility. So, but Coach yeah. Dunn was my primary coach. Hmm. Well, you know, big news out of the planes is, is that we have some new coaches. Right. Um, and these guys are going to be playing in a different system than they've been accustomed to. Uh, you know, and you have a very unique uh, experience in that you played in different systems, both at the college and the pro level. So, you know, I we've heard a lot of things about how Gus ran the program. You know, one of the more interesting things that I heard was that Gus what, did not like to run ones versus ones in practice. Mm. Right now, I I filmed a lot of I filmed a lot of your practices, right. and I remember. That one on ones was that was the time during practice where men men were made. That's when you separated the men from the boys was during one on ones, and yep. you would get the best offensive lineman and the best defensive lineman and Coach Price because he was an intense he was an intense guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, listen, whoop his ass. Can you, you talk, <laughs> can you talk a little bit about what that mentality was like in practice? Um, you know, as competitors and, and how that made you into a better player on Saturdays. Um, absolutely, absolutely, man. I mean, the whole mentality is how do you how do you know where you at if you're not going against the best, right? And so we look forward to our one on ones in practice. We look forward to the one on ones uh, when we went to team, and it was just a, a great gauge uh, of you know we're going against the best when we play our opponent. So why not go against the best in practice? And that kept the practice intense. That kept that dog mentality in, our, in, in us, you know, that helped them get better, helped us get better, and uh, overall helped us get better as a team. And, you know, that that type of competition, that level of competition only makes you better. And so just having that mentality of going, say, look, if I can go against this guy and I can whoop him in practice, I'm gonna, I'm going to whoop this guy when I go against Arkansas, Alabama, whoever it is, right? Because we feel we have the best players on the field. So just having that mentality of knowing, that, hey, look, He's a dog. I'm a dog. You know, may the best dog win. You know, and that you take that into the games, and that's what it's really all about. So, how, how important was uh, accountability amongst the actual players along the line? Because you can have tough coaches, and we saw in previous the previous coaching staff, you had guys who just didn't cut it. They didn't take kindly to that that type of coaching. But we talked to a few guys on the offensive side. And uh, it's an interesting story about Ben Grubbs uh, beating up King because he wasn't carrying his own weight one day in practice. Right. I'm pretty sure you guys were were much of the same on the defensive side of the ball. Talk about the leadership 
along the D-line and how you had guys holding each other accountable for pulling their own weight. Oh, man, absolutely, man. That's that's an excellent point, man, because that's really what we we hung our hats on. You know, it was Reggie depending on DeMarco, Dexter Murphy, all these guys, they rallied. All these guys that came into that room, like, we had that sense of accountability. Like, look, I'm not going to let you down because... One, I don't want you to. I don't want you to rag on me. I don't want you to start talking about me. You know, we get in the film session. You getting uh, double teen and pancake. Everybody's gonna be on your butt by that. You know what I'm saying? So, like I said, it goes back to that that competitive, but also like you said, the accountability. Like, look, I'm gonna do my job because not only were we teammates, you know, we became brothers in that uh, going through the yachts workouts and and then you know the four o'clock winter workouts. You know, waking up before everybody was even thinking about getting up on campus and, and, and putting that work in. And that's where it really started. And I was seeing with Coach Yachts, man, just those workouts were brutal, right? They were they were tough and they made men out of us. And then we knew if we got through that, going to the football field, now that's the fun time, right? And so, you know, I bust my butt in the offseason. Look, I got your back. You got my back, bro. That's just really how we rolled in that defensive line room. You know, we were, we were, uh, our goal was to be the best, the best group on that team, right? And if we were the best group and we were, when we were going against the offensive line, they were going to step their game up also. So it was knowing that I was going to do my job and everybody in that room was going to do their job. That's what made us who we were. Wow, that's great. Um, I can tell you, we interviewed Ben Grubbs. And, you know, he had, you know, uh, just as long a career as you have. And he talked about how the on the offensive side of the ball, that it was like a team within a team. Right. You have the team, but the offensive line, you know, that that position group, that that meeting room had, you know, a different mentality because of how they had to work together. So it's interesting to hear you talk about how the defensive line was kind of the same way. Um, You know, you you mentioned Kevin Yoxel. That's something that's come up on every single one of our interviews. Yoxercise. Right. Um, I I think. one of the more notable changes about the program is that we are bringing in a strength and, a new strength and conditioning guy, mm-hmm. right? And the average fan does not understand how important that is. But every single player we've interviewed has mentioned the strength and conditioning coach. Can you mm-hmm. talk a little bit about how important the strength and conditioning is to you know, how you were able to develop as a player? Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, I mean, with me uh, coming in, you know, I came into Auburn as a linebacker, right? I was a linebacker coming out of college. I was around 235, 240, uh, although DT would, Don would argue with that fact, but I was around 230, 240. But, uh, and, and, you know, how they develop us through that strength program. Coach Yoss look at your body frame. He looks at, you know, your potential to gain weight, to gain muscle. And, you know, of course, I came in as a linebacker but ended up as a defensive tackle. So just having a good strength coach that can see, hey, look, this guy is able to do this, playing linebacker and having athleticism and speed and all, and then putting the weight on, then going down to a defensive lineman, you know, that is an advantage for me, you know, and – and just having that eye and then also just the work that we put in, right? We put in real live work. Like when I'm when I look back at it now being 39 years old, and I'm like, man, what the hell was wrong with me? Like, how did I do that? You know what I'm saying? Like, how did we do that? But again, it goes back to the accountability and just being around other dogs. And, you know, with Coach Yox, he was a dog. He is a dog, right? He put that in us. Like, we're going to get bigger. We're going to get faster. We're going to get stronger. And all of that's going to correlate and go to the field. 
and that and it did. You know, and like you said, just I'm a perfect example of that. Just being a 235 pound linebacker and leaving as a 290 pound uh, uh, defensive lineman, keeping the same athleticism, keeping the same speed, and getting stronger in the process. So having that guy that can look at a player can can embody what getting better is, and Coach Jocks was that guy. And you know, and you mentioned Ben Grubbs. Ben Grubbs was the same way. Ben Grubbs was a defensive lineman when he came in. They made that 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 switch for him, and he became a first round uh, offensive lineman. So it's important to have somebody on campus and in your program that know how to develop players and and know where to put those guys at. And so you know, Coach Ox was probably the best, the worst enemy, and the best friend that we all had on that team. So. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the War Report podcast. You can find more of our content on YouTube. Please go over there, click like and subscribe and hit that notification bell so you can get notified when we're dropping more content for you. We are The War Report on Twitter and Instagram, TW Report on TikTok. Now let's get back to more of the podcast. Listen, you, uh, we're going to have some some new guys along the defensive front. Um, it was announced a few days ago, some guys who were, were starters and regulars uh, just opted not to come back to the team. Um, so we're going to have some new faces uh, along the defensive line. And so you're no stranger to that, even in your professional career. Uh, you you went to Minnesota. Uh, you signed a deal with them. You was uh, undrafted, but you ended up starting uh, halfway through the season, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So so talk about that experience and, and what it's going to be like for some of these new to themselves. Uh, to a whole new coaching staff to be that guy along the defensive line and be someone that they can depend on to produce. Right, right. Um, you mentioned it right, but I did I did go through a lot of, of that. You know, I've seen that on every level of the game, you know, especially in college and, and, and that. But it, it's not always a bad thing because a fresh start is sometimes the best thing that you need, right? You need a, a different mentality. We talked about mentality every Every question that we've talked about, we talked about mentality. Maybe the new guy's going to bring in a new, uh, a new mentality. You know, these guys are learning from the ground up. You know, they're adding on to what they already had and learning from the ground up. So it's just, it's really on them, right? Because the coach is the coach, right? His, his philosophy is his philosophy. It's on the players to go in, put the work in, put the time in, look at, looking at film, talking to the coach. Hey, coach, did, am I doing it right? It's really on, to, on them to go out and perform and do what they're supposed to do and, 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 and follow his philosophy and do what it is and make plays. And at the end of the day, you know, we can talk about, hey, look, you got this gap, do this, do this. When you're out there and the, and the, fire's, and the fire's hot and the bullets is flying, you know, a lot of time it's about survival. You know, you got the basics of, of, of technique and everything, but your athleticism, your strength, and the work you put in in the offseason comes into play. So, you know, the, the, the advice I would give these guys is go in with a clean slate, go in ready to work, you know, ready to, 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 to be a sponge and learn everything that needs to be learned, but just give 100% effort, work your butts off, and go make plays. At the end of the day, that's what that's what it's all about when you're on that field. So, mm. you know, uh, I thought one of the things that was interesting that's been a theme in a lot of these interviews is is that you know we've heard that the great ones take it upon themselves Absolutely. to 
to take that extra step and to get better, right? But we, we're also hearing simultaneously from you guys how important coaching is in that journey, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, we, we've talked about the coaching side ad, ad nauseum, right? We understand, listen, coach, it is very difficult for um, for a kid to overcome bad coaching. Right. But um, in terms of what you have to do to take it upon yourself, Right. Like, you know, for a quarterback and receivers, it's going out there and it's running routes because the coaches only get you so many hours a day so they can develop the chemistry they need on Saturdays. Um, What does that look like for a defensive lineman? Like, you know, if you are D lineman and you are going to take it upon yourself to develop, what are you doing on your own outside of practice? Uh, I mean, that's everything. Get from get off to hand placement to footwork. To, to uh, uh, recognition of, of, of blocks or, or pressure on the hands or whether it's run or pass or steps, whatever it might be. Like, that's always something that you can work with as a defensive lineman. If you're not working, then you're getting left behind, you know. And, and um, you know, when you go through practice and you go against 1v1s or you go through the team, there's certain things that you do well and there's certain things you do that's not well, right? And those are the things that you need to continue to work on right so we'll look at film after practice and you know pass rush might be my issue right uh bull rush might be my whatever it might be you take you get some of your friends that goes back to their accountability and everybody wanting to be better you work with them you let me feel this let me you know sit down so let me pull and snatch give me a hand so i can swipe so there's every aspect of the game that you can really work on as a defensive lineman now it um it's a mental. It's more mental. It's more recognition. It's not as physical as it is when you're doing things on the outside of of, of being into team and stuff. But there's always some type of something you can get better at, you know. And if and if you're not doing that, then you're getting left behind. So, you know, like I said, I just working having a good room, having a good defensive line room, and people that want to get better with you helps out a lot. So. Just um, you know, and, and we and we used to do a lot of stuff after practice, and you and Coach Dunn, nobody works harder than the D line. So he had us doing a lot of sprints, a lot of you know uh, push ups, and just stuff like that. And that was more for the mentality because we all can do push ups and sit ups, but it was just a mentality thing. It was a family thing. Hey, we're gonna do this together. We're gonna hurt together. We're gonna do all of this. So everything. When it comes to a defensive lineman, I'm pretty sure every other position, everything matters, right? And so that's, you know, that's pretty much it. Mm. So with all the change that's happening with Auburn, um, new coaching staff, a new defensive coordinator and Derek Mason, um, many people were excited about that hire. But he brings uh, with him a, a different approach defensively. Uh, we're actually going to move to what's believed to be a base 3-4. Over the course of your playing career, you've played in in different systems. You played in a four three. You played in a three. You've done it all. Right. Um, talk about the learning curve um, because it's also been said about Derek Mason's defense is that it takes some time to learn, especially if you're acclimated to a four three. Mm-hmm. Um, talk about what's the learning curve as a lineman going from being responsible for your gap to now in a three four being responsible for two gaps. And how you should play, and then how you, you you mentioned the mental aspect of it. What's mm-hmm. going to be the learning curve for these new faces along the D line learning a new system? Thank you for listening to the War Report podcast. As we continue to grow, we're asking our community for help. 
So if you would like to support us, please visit the About section on our YouTube channel. You can also find the link on our Facebook page. We appreciate your support and War Eagle. Right. I mean, absolutely. Uh, technique, for one, that's going to be the main thing, right? Um, coming from a 4-3 where you're in a three technique and you're B-gap is mine. I control the B-gap, and I'm good doing that. And then going from a, I'm in a four technique or and I'm head up with this big 330-pound lineman, and I got to get my hands on it in, in two-gap. So technique is a big thing. It's going to be a, a – um, it's really going to take some time for those guys to, to, to grasp that. Uh you know, if you haven't been in that system, uh, but they're 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 going to be play uh, play call that's going to put you into a four three four three light thing where you know we a lot of blitzes and things like that. So it's going to take that learning curve of understanding. Hey, look, this is what this is the t- technique that I'm playing. But we are actually getting back to a four three because we're slanting or we're blitzing or whatever it might be. So understanding the the, the initial part of playing that four three, the technique part of playing that four three. And, you know, those are going to be the biggest things for those guys, man. Again, like two gapping and one gapping is two totally different things. You know, you have you have responsibility of this gap, your primary gap. But if this happens, you also have to you can jump back and do this, you know. So, right. you know, it all, and, and, and at the end of the day, it all comes back to you playing defense, you know, and it's playing defense, discipline defense. But um, again, your stance is different. Um, your 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 responsibility is different, but um, again, it's a lot of stuff going on in the back end. You're bringing different guys off the edges, so you know, just learning learning why you're doing things and getting your technique down. That's going to be a big, 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 big learning curve for those guys. Well, hey, listen, you guys won a lot of games. I'd be remiss if we got out of here before I asked you uh, about the Iron Bowl. <laughs> now, oh yeah. You have uh, experienced something that a lot of Auburn players today cannot say they have done in that you've gone on the road and beat Alabama at Alabama. Yes, right? sir. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about what that experience is like? You know, I mean, you guys had a different mindset. You know, uh, we didn't we didn't kowtow to Alabama. We didn't bow down to Alabama in your day. Not right. No. No, you guys went in and you whooped them. Uh, 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 you know, Jairus came on and he said, "Listen, they came to them up. They came to us. We beat them up. We went to them. We beat them up. Beat them up. So wherever <laughs> we were playing, we beat them up. Right? Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, can you uh, can you talk about uh, 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 the Iron Bowl? What it meant to you, and, and then what your most memorable Auburn uh, uh, memory is? Uh, first of all, I'm I'm from Alabama, right? So. The Iron Bowl is probably the biggest game in, in, in Alabamians history, right? So, like, growing up, uh, you know, we watched that. That was a, a family of affair. Everybody gets together, you know, barbecue on the grill, uncles dancing, music playing. So that was a big deal for us. So just uh, having an opportunity to play in that game, uh, having an opportunity to go out and compete where you know that everybody in your, in your town, in your city, and your surrounding areas are watching you. And you know you're playing for your family and everybody, man. It's very, it's huge, man. It's it's a it's a big privilege. It's a big opportunity, man. And and I mean, I loved every moment of it, man. You know, and it was and to win like we did was was awesome, right? And so that was that was huge for me, man. I 
uh, like I said, I get to go home and brag when I go home and everybody that, that's Alabama fans, but there were a lot of Alabama fans where I'm from, but they were rooting for me as a player. But I get to rub it in their face when I go home and say, hey, look, we won again. <laughs> but I, I would also say one of my, my most memorable moments was the first one in 2000. I was a true freshman playing, uh, and it was, it was, uh, man, I think it, it was cold. It was ice coming out of the, uh, you know, it was sleet falling. And I think we won that game nine to zero, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was it one was, of those games. It was like, it was, what? It was a, it was a knockdown drag out game, man. It was you against me, man, a man, a man, mano, mano. And I, me being a true freshman and going out and, and getting that victory, man, it really, it really set the tone for the career at Auburn. It really set, set the tone on, on, on just me being who I was on the planes and, and as a player, and and just like you said, the, the bragging rights were meant so much to me as a being a guy from from Alabama, and, and everybody in my town wanted me to go to Alabama. But uh, you know, like you said, the first one as a true freshman, man, I got the picture on the wall and everything, so it was pretty awesome. Awesome. And y'all, y'all shut them out. Didn't y'all shut them out that year? Yeah, it was nine to zero. Yeah, we did. They had Andrew Zao that year, I think. Yeah, Zao. That's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I bet that one. I bet that did feel a little special, man. You blanked them. Absolutely, we blanked them, man. Like who was who was the other guy they had? They had Tyler Watts on the team as well, too. Tyler uh, Watts, think, yeah. yeah, those are the two that they were uh, they were rotating back and forth between, right? She so, was. yeah, yeah. I got the picture. I got the picture at my mom's house of, of me getting that sack on Andrew Zao. So. I was pretty nice. about that. Mm-hmm. What is one thing, man, that you're looking forward to seeing new with this new football team coaching staff? When we go into a new football season, what is one thing that you look forward to seeing that you may have either experienced as a player or you just want to see for Auburn with this football team? Uh, I mean, overall, man, I just want to see them go out and play with a lot of energy, man. You know, just, just a lot of energy. You know, when you look at a football team and you look at uh, whether it's high school or whatever it is, you know the mentality that's been put into these kids when before they get onto the to the to the uh, field. And I just want to see them go out, those guys go out there with confidence. I want to go out there and see them knowing that they bought into what the system is, the program is, and they got confidence that they can go out here and whoop some butt. And that's and that's really what I really want to see, man. And I and you know I'm a defensive guy. I've always been a defensive guy, so I. Seeing that defense fly around, seeing them have fun, seeing them not make the small mistakes, uh, you know, because that those things kill you on defense. You know, being in the wrong gap at the wrong time, two people Absolutely. in the same gap, that's a touchdown. Whereas right. offense, you drop a pass, you got third down to make it up. Right. So it's you know just not making those mental mistakes, binding to the program, going out, flying around, having an excellent, excellent time. And again, it goes back to what you guys said: just seeing the progression of those young men. Uh, go from okay, he wasn't this last year to just going out and making the play that you're supposed to make. So, mm. well, listen, uh, you talked about uh, that mentality, right, and the buy-in, right? Um, and you're retired now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, after a long, successful NFL career, can you talk to us a little bit about what you're doing? You're working with kids now, aren't you? Oh, absolutely, absolutely, man. I've, I've that's kids been a passion of mine since I was I, I was in Auburn. Um, matter of fact, when I was there, I was part of the Big Brother program, and, and, and actually Coach Dunn and a lot of guys helped me out with those kids in the, in the community. And uh, I continued that as I went to the, uh, Minnesota with some of my initiatives there. Uh, 
Uh, in Buffalo, I did the same thing. Uh, but right now, um, out here in Houston, I have a, a youth football team, the Fort Bend Seahawks, out here in the area that I stay. Um, we service kids from five years old all the way up to 12. Uh, we have a workout program for one of my friends on the gym, so the kids have access to the gym. Uh, we work on uh, 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 college tours with the kids, uh, you know, just giving them opportunities to see things that, you know, because that's the, the, a lot of the kids, you ask everybody who what they want to do when they're done. Oh, I want to go to the NFL. But, hey, look, guys, we got to go to college. So getting them on campus and giving them experience. I actually took a group of kids to Auburn just to let them see the feel of it. Let them see, hey, this is how it is when you go to college. Um, you know, we have mentoring programs. We have tutoring programs. Education is important. Uh, you know, we have a youth program, but we, a little, we do a lot more than a lot of guys do because, for me, this is a passion of mine. And, you know, having kids uh, have opportunities that they may not have had if, if we weren't in their lives is important to me. So, um, you know, that's one of the big things I've done. Of course, the football football part, I love doing that. And I, yeah, I love coaching. You know, I love doing that. And I've got a few high school kids that I work with also. So it's uh, I haven't really got into the training aspect of it. I don't, I don't charge kids money for none of that. So it's just it's all about the love of it. It's all about, you know, seeing our seeing our youth be better than we were so mm. listen uh spencer thanks for joining us today uh you know it was really an honor to hear you talk about how you're giving back to your community in your post playing career um you know uh, those are the things that we like to see i think that really embodies a lot of the type of men auburn you know produced yeah. you know when we were in school and and, and when you were playing so yeah. i really appreciate you being here and uh and spending some time with us today to help educate our listeners on what it's like um so thank you so much thank, thank you so much you guys. i enjoyed it man thank you guys as always, we are The War Report. Please click like and subscribe on YouTube so you can get notified when we are bringing more interviews like this for you. We are The War Report on Twitter and Instagram, TW Report on TikTok. Gentlemen, we're signing off. And as always, War Eagle. War Eagle.